Listening is the underutilized superpower. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science, a mentoring platform for people-first leaders of all levels. Here, we talk to exceptional leaders who prioritize culture, get fired up about employee engagement, and are excited to share ideas and tools for bettering employee experience to help others. Thank you for joining us to invest in being a better leader. Now, let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, it's Nikki, and I'm here with Michael Paperno today. He's the principal of Convia Group. Michael helps leaders get their messages heard, convince stakeholders, become better presenters, improve interpersonal relationships, create fulfilling careers, and inspire high-performing teams. Michael is truly a communications expert, and we're diving into listening today. It's such a powerful part of communicating. Here we go. All right, Gut Plus Science. Hey, it's Nikki, and we're here today with Michael Paperno. I am so excited to break down the conversation with him. You know, we just recently went through a new assessment together, which I'm sure he's going to share with you today, but I have really enjoyed connecting with Michael really to learn how to be a better communicator myself. But there's so many like tips and skills and, you know, scalable ways that he's been teaching me about how to communicate or just planting those seeds that I'm like, we need to make this a gut plus science episode. So we're here today to talk about a truly underutilized superpower, which is listening. And on this show, we're in year five. How many times have we said, you know, what's the main thing to focus on to to level up your skills? Or what's the one thing you would recommend for leaders to do better? Listening is a lot what comes up. So this this episode is going to be very much honed into something that every single listener can take and apply. Michael, welcome to Gut Plus Science. Talk about the problem. Like why listening deficits significantly impact leading people forward. Absolutely, Nikki. And thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm really happy to be here and to share some tips and tricks with your audience. But yes, listening. When we don't do it well as leaders, what happens? We cause communication breakdowns, which cost time and money. We cause frustration. We can damage the culture that we're building. And the biggest thing, the biggest thing about listening and why I truly believe it's an underutilized superpower is because it's probably the easiest way to make people feel that they matter. And I know you've had guests, I know you had Zach Mercurio on in a past episode who I love his research work about in purpose and mattering. And there there are a lot of things you can do to make people feel seen and heard and make them feel that they matter. But listening is something that we really get wrong a lot. And it's natural because think about it, Nikki. Have you ever, when you're listening to someone, have you ever thought about what you're going to say next? before they're finished speaking? Guilty as charged. Oh, we're all guilty of it, right? So that's a, it's, and that's a hard thing not to do. But when you can be more conscious of the fact that it's your time to listen, this is my time to listen and not be, listen, I'm a idea person. I'm a creative person. I'm always trying to figure out how to help, but I really have to slow it down and say, Michael, this is that other person's time. And if you don't listen and tune in, they're not going to feel that what they have to say matters to you. Mm-hmm. So it really comes down to purpose and mattering and making people feel seen and heard. So my husband and I have a new podcast that we just started. It's called Addicted to Betterment. And our second episode 
is around this quote that my husband heard that he just cannot stop talking about and it ties right in and I'm not not going to say it perfectly, but it's around the feeling of being heard is the closest thing to feeling loved. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's just been talking about it. We talked about it in the episode. So what you're sharing is like, you know, the practice of truly listening and having someone feel that they're heard is a transfer of like love, care, support, all those things that move people forward, right? So. Absolutely. And there's actually research out there. I forget the, the the doctor's name that did that, but there's actually a claim out there that feeling understood is actually more important than feeling loved. I don't know if we agree with that necessarily, but you have to think about that. It's like, you know, if you don't feel understood, can you really even feel loved? Yeah. What a great way to kick this episode off. So it's like, <laughs> hey, keep listening because this is really important. Yes. Uh, so uh, I love, Michael, if you could share a story of a leader who practices exceptional listening skills and the outcomes or experiences that you notice or have seen because of those great listening skills are propelling greatness, right? Yeah. Oh, I love that because I'm I'm an observer of good communication. I love to sit back and watch people do it well. And the person that came to mind initially is a mentor of mine named Pete Taft. And he ran an, an ad agency, ran a communications firm, was a communication coach like I am. And I remember just the first time I met him, I remember we didn't know each other, but the way he listened, not only with his ears, but with his body language and his facial expression. And then when he replied in his tone of voice made me feel like, and I know it's cliche to say you make you feel like the only person in the room, but you know, I was in the room with a bunch of other people. But again, back to mattering, he made me feel that what I had to say in that moment mattered. And you know what else he did, which was a brilliant thing that listeners do, is they're also facilitators. So when you can, as a listener, help the speaker, whoever you're in conversation with, go deeper, you can elicit more by asking the right questions. That just really shows that you're in it with them. So I always think of him because just, you know, that, that first moment when I met him and then just watching him over my career and being mentored by him, it's, it was a great model for me of the power of a good listener. Now, he was a good leader outside of just the skill of listening. But what I will tell you is that people at his company stayed. Because the way he listened and made people feel seen and heard created a culture where everybody else did the same. Mm, I love that. So let's let's go deeper. Let's let's practice this here and let's talk habits. How do you prepare yourself on a regular basis, like building this muscle to be conscious and present as a human being? The first thing I do, now I don't tell other people to shut up. I think it's a nasty thing to say to people, but I have to tell myself because I am someone who who just really, I'm a thinker. And when I hear things, the, the mind starts to go and I have to, I have to tell my mind to shut down. So that's the first thing I do when it's my turn to listen. And then what I really try to do, and this is all about being intentional and getting the distractions that you can control away from the situation because there are enough distractions in this world, we need to really make sure that we don't allow the ones that we have control of to interrupt our listening. And then the other thing is just to just simply remind yourself to hear someone out, because the moment you interrupt or the moment you start finishing someone else's sentences, that means you've stopped listening well before that's happened. So the intention of, okay, I may not agree, 
or whatever, maybe my biases, my past history or, or filtering what I'm hearing, I kind of have to just try to turn that off and just bring myself to being present. And then I also try to, without th again, try not to think ahead too much, to ask questions and say to myself, I'm not just a passive listener here. I'm a participant in a conversation. And yes, I need to honor the speaker and let them speak and hear them out fully before I respond. But then also I have great power in this conversation to help this other human being get to the heart of the issue or carry on the conversation. So just because you're a quote unquote listener doesn't mean you're a passive participant. And the final thing I'll say on that, Nikki, is we all are afraid of the pause, especially in this hybrid and virtual world where it's even a smidge more awkward when you're on a screen and nobody quite knows what's to say and nobody knows if they need to raise their hand or not. But even when you're listening, you don't have to have that answer and that response immediately. It's okay to let the person finish and it's okay to have a beat of silence or two while you formulate what your answer is. And I think we all need to remind ourselves to slow down a little bit and allow for those times because I think that really makes communications more rich when we allow each other to finish and hear and listen to each other fully. Mm. So good. A couple things I want to share. One is for me and my habits, I have distractions like my Apple Watch and my phone. And I, I've learned that if <laughs> I need to be fully present, you know, sometimes it's like I'm in meetings and it's kind of like you're half in. It's kind of set that way where everybody's kind of like a working meeting and that's not where I would turn this stuff off, right? But in a lot of meetings, to be fully present, I have to eliminate my biggest distractions, which are my Apple Watch and my phone. Turn my phone over, turn my phone or my watch on silent. So just... That's one for me that in case anyone out there is like, oh, me too, you know, try it. The other thing unrelated that I just love to hear from you, Michael, is like, let's say that you're, you're a leader that has a team member that is very long-winded and you only have X amount of time for a meeting. You've talked to this person, you know, to kind of share that feedback, but it's just constantly very long-winded when we need to kind of rail it in. What are your suggestions for like how to handle that? Not interrupt necessarily, but how to handle that well? Well, interrupting is actually okay. So we talk about not interrupting someone who's speaking because that means you're not listening, but that does not mean you need to let what I call an air hog take control of a meeting and take things down tangents that you shouldn't be going down. So interrupting is an art. There are diplomatic ways to do so, but to answer your question directly, that's really not a listening thing for me. That's more of a facilitation thing. Mm -hmm. And if you are running a meeting, number one, if you haven't communicated the goal or what the results of the meeting should be, you're inviting that to happen because people aren't showing up with that goal in mind and knowing what the outcome should be and the time constraint that we have. And number two, set expectations at the beginning of your meetings or with your team that, listen, we have 45 minutes, 50 minutes for this meeting. I'm going to use the clock as the bad guy. If we're going long-winded or we're going down a tangent, we're going to build a parking lot. We're going to put it in a parking lot. So I just want to make sure everybody's clear that that's going to, what's going to happen so nobody feels upset if I need to intervene. That's what I call an upfront contract. I love that. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So Michael, you mentioned earlier body language and facial expression. Talk about the power of nonverbal communication. Oh, well, listen, without any words, just tell me with facial expression that you don't like something. Your eyebrows are furrowed and you made that you know yucky look with your mouth and everything. So you did that without words. That was 100% of your communication was without words. And what we often forget 
in especially in hybrid environments when we're two dimensional on a screen, but also when we're in person, is how rich body language and nonverbal communication, which also includes tone of voice, can be in adding meaning to a conversation. So most studies say that about 55% of our daily communication is through body language. Then maybe you add, I don't know, 20, 30% of tone of voice on that. You don't have a lot left for the words. And that's why sometimes it's so difficult. Think about your behavior with chats or with emails. You know, you get an email and you look at it and you read it and your blood starts to boil and you start assigning meaning to it that might not necessarily be there because all you have is the words. You have no empathetic tone of voice. You have no facial expression, whether there's a smile or a frown on the other side. So I always tell folks that, number one, remember that body language is key in communication. And when you need to talk about something that's sensitive, do it face-to-face. -face. Do it in person on a screen, on a, on a Zoom or, or Teams call. Don't let that richness, that, I don't know, 70 maybe percent of the communication, the meaning, be stripped out of that. But number two, remember, as a listener, you have great power with your nonverbals. So if I'm, you know, if we're sitting here on this podcast and I'm kind of leaning back and my facial expressions like I'm bored to be here, you're not going to be as in it with me. You're going to be like, all right, I want to get this episode recorded and get Michael off my show as soon as possible because he's not into it. So how do we show that we're listening? Well, we give each other eye contact. We show up with a warm face rather than a, a cold face. All right. We don't cross our arms and look defensive. We lean in. Think about sitting in a park or sitting at, you know, at a shopping center or something and people watching and watching people go by. You can tell the people who like each other and are happy just by their body language. And you can tell the people who aren't good just by their body language. Think about how powerful that message is just from that. Talk about being conscious and present as a human, you know, it, it, in everything we do, you know, we're always being watched, especially when you're a leader and that's who's a, much of who listens to the show. You're always being watched. And just to be very aware of those, sometimes maybe even you're unaware of the things you do regularly, like crossing your arms and what is that giving off? The other thing I just wanted to share is I believe so strongly that if you are operating with virtual meetings, if you're all virtual, you're hybrid, whatever, have your video on. It is so important. It adds so much value to building relationships and truly communicating in a more stronger way. And, you know, sometimes all cultures are different. And I remember working with a tech company maybe two years ago and every meeting we were on, all you'd see is the little icons of their name. Yeah. Or the, and it just, it was just, the culture was challenged because of that, especially as a new person coming in to work with them. So just wanted to share that. Now let's summarize and get tactical here. Talk about the disciplines of great listeners. Great listeners pay attention and they pay attention not only to what they hear, but they pay attention to the human on the other end of the communication and how they may be feeling and what may be going on. And they also listen for the concern or the question underlying the question or comment. Because think about your own behavior. How, do you always ask the perfect question when it comes out of your mouth? No. I know. I don't. I mean, sometimes I'll be asking a question. I'll be thinking to myself, Michael, oh my God, like you're a communication expert. Couldn't you like make that a little bit more clear? But no, I can't. So help each other with that. Help each other when that happens. Don't get defensive when something's not coming at you the way that you think it should. Maybe that person just needs a little bit of help. The other thing is show interest in what you're hearing. 
And you can do that through your tone of voice, through your facial expression, through your nonverbals, and the questions you ask. We already talked about avoiding interrupting, but you can also reflect on what you've said and paraphrase or summarize back. That really shows that you're listening. And you know what? That's a great way to also make sure you've got something right if it's not clear. You know, let me repeat that back to you. I want to make sure I have that right. Or I think I understand the point of your question, but let me give it to you in my own words so you can tell me if we're on the same page. Like that shows, okay, I want to get there with you, but I'm not there. And it's a nice way to do it. And I think one of the hardest things is to just try to avoid making judgments of the speaker and to honor the speaker. I mean, we all, especially at work, we have histories with each other and that history may be good, bad, or mixed, but sometimes we let those past experiences and, and judgments of each other cloud the communication at hand. And that's just not, that's just a recipe for disaster because all that does is, is, is soar you into conflict that almost seems to never end. And then next thing you know, you're in an unhappy or toxic work environment. I'm hoping that we can link out to resources that you have available. I've seen some of like your email newsletters. I know you've got a number of resources because I think this is something that, especially as we're in the first quarter of the new year, we're wanting to sharpen as leaders and they're are always opportunities to get better at this. So let's make sure that we figure out which things to link out in the show notes. So listeners, you can count on clicking that button on the show notes and having lots of resources or a way to get to some resources from Michael. Michael, before we go into our lightning round, I would love for you to talk about your favorite assessment. So we've talked many times on the show about assessments and how powerful they are for our own self-awareness and helping us be you know, more connected with people and tap into people's needs. Now talk about your favorite assessment, our experience working together, and how that assessment helps with sharpening communication. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about that. I've done a lot of assessments over my career, and they all have their place. Assessments are created for specific reasons. I happen to have fallen in love with the Strength Deployment Inventory, SDI for short, because what it does is it helps teams communicate better, and it helps me facilitate that communication. So what the strength deployment inventory does is it assesses a few things. Number one, what motivates you at your core. So, you know, Nikki, when you show up at work or even in life, you're going to be most happy with a certain balance of uh, concern for people, for a concern for processes and a concern for performance. And my mix is going to be different. So it assesses that. Then it shows what happens when we start to experience conflict. And conflict is a big thing. And listening well can help prevent conflict. But the bottom line is a lot of times what we do in our jobs is we avoid healthy debate and healthy opposition and friction because we think it's conflict and nobody likes Well, some people like conflict, but most people don't like conflict. So this assessment allows me to show teams on an individual level, when we hit conflict, when things get personal, when we feel our values are challenged, this is exactly what's going to happen. And then when we see it, now that we can name it, let's work to get ourselves out of it because it's inevitable. It happens. Let's work to get ourselves out of it as soon as possible. And then the final piece of it is it shows you really robust information about the strengths that you're likely to use at work and the ones that you're less likely to use at work. And those ones you're less likely to use at work, it shows you how to get yourself motivated to use them when you need them, which is really good stuff. And then the last piece of it, which is so insightful for leaders, your, the strengths that you're likely to overdo, which can be blind spots. And 
I'll share an overdone strength is when you're using a strength. And I, for example, I'm a self-confident person. It's the, my, one of my top strengths. But when I use my self-confident strength and other people think I'm being too self-confident, how do I look? Arrogant. I don't like to look arrogant. It hurts my heart when I've been called arrogant and I've been called arrogant a couple times, well, three times, I can count them in my career. It hurt me that much. I remember them that clearly, but I don't intend to be arrogant, but it's a blind spot for me. And I work on it now that my self-awareness has been heightened because now I can see when it's happening and I can pull back on the intensity or I can name it and I can say, I'm sorry if I sound arrogant here, but I just really believe firmly that this is the direction. But I understand that I need to take a step back and listen. So good. We just had an episode. I don't know if you happened to hear it, Michael, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago that went out. Mona Vesa talked about superpowers and kryptonites. Your superpower is your kryptonite, right? And so a lot of what you're saying right here is like the tool that can bring that to life, you know, to see both sides. So if you want a, a predecessor episode to kind of put this all together to really understand when Michael's talking about the strength deployment inventory, the SDI, being that great helper to guide you, that that's what we're really digging into there. So, so good. And I, I had a lot of fun. We might have to do another episode to talk about breaking down my SDI experience sometime soon because I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun with that. And I'd like to learn more. So, Michael, I think it's time to transition over to our lightning round. I'm going to take a quick break and we'll hear from a sponsor message today and we'll come back and learn a little bit more about some of your favorite things and your learnings. We'll be right back. If you're leading with a people first mindset, which most likely you are because you're listening to Gut Plus Science, join People Forward Network, the largest community of humans on a shared mission to lead meaningful work. You can find us at peopleforwardnetwork.com or follow People Forward Network on LinkedIn. We're back on Gut Plus Science here with Michael Paperno. Great conversation today about listening and just some key habits that we all can take and sharpen and build from. So thank you so much, Michael. Let's walk into a key question we ask every single person that comes on this show because we have an ever-growing recommended reading list. So what is the the book that you would recommend to add to our leader listener audience's uh, recommended reading list for Gut Plus Science? One book. Oh, Nikki, that's tough. Okay. So the one that, can I say two? Do it. Break the rules, Michael. Break the rules. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, yeah, there were two that I've read in recent in, in recently that I think were good reads for every leader. And one is called Stand Out by Carol Kinsey Goldman. It's all about body language and leadership presence. And I really loved it because it's just very matter of fact and you can get through it quickly and walk away with, okay, I can easily do that and I get why it's important. So I really like that book. And then the other one I just think was great because I do a lot of work with people on blind spots was called You According to Them by Sarah Kennedy. And that's basically about perception management and how it's not shameless self-promotion or being inauthentic, but it's just realizing how you can be viewed and then tactical steps for how to minimize that when that's not what you intend. Oh, wow. Kind of like bringing to life the 360 experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. Great. I have a new book to add to my list. I'm excited. Thank you. Michael, what is it that you love about what you get to do in your current life experience? I really, really love the fact that I get to help really talented and really smart and brilliant people 
be better communicators. And that's something that I struggled with earlier in my career because I've always been good at helping people be better communicators. But I had, I don't know if it's imposter syndrome, but I had that that feeling of, well, they're so much smarter than me. Why would they need me? Or they're so much more accomplished than me. Why would they need me? And many years ago, I realized, well, you know what? They need me because they can't do what I do. Even though I respect them so much, they need my help and they want it. And that just waking up every day and looking at my calendar and looking at, okay, I'm going to help that person who I think is amazing be better. It's just so fulfilling. Mm, I love that. Love that. And what are you doing now, like in, in this present time of your life that you were not capable of doing a year ago? Relaxing more is one of them because <laughs> I've always, I'm an entrepreneur. When business gets slow, I go into panic mode and I start trying to get more business and creating and never give myself to, time to relax. And so I've done that, I guess the past, I don't know, COVID changed me a little bit with that and kind of got some perspective and I'm getting older. So I guess that's there too. And, and, and I've gotten back to, you know, the first thing I actually popped into my head when you said that, Nikki, was I've gotten back to doing some things that I love to do that I haven't done. Like I used to be an accomplished pianist and I haven't played in 25 years and I can read music, but I always wanted to learn to play chords so that I could accompany singers without having to read music. And over the past year, I taught myself to do that. And it's been just amazing because I feel like I just have this new way to look at music that came out of me allowing myself time to do other things than worry about work. That's awesome. So cool. Good for you. <laughs> and finally, Michael, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you after the show? Just share with us before we wrap up how we all stay in touch. Oh, great. Yeah. So they can go to, first thing would be my website. I have a website called the Comvia Groups, the name of my company. And the website is we, W-E-R-A-R-E, Comvia, C-O-M-V-I-A.com. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. So please follow me there. I post every day at 7.15 a.m. And then I'm on responding to comments. And I love to interact with the folks that, that follow me every morning. I'm on more than just every morning, but that's when I'm most active. I also, like you, have a podcast, The Leadership Communication Show. You can get that on my website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. And you mentioned a newsletter. I send out a monthly newsletter. If you go to my website and then we are via slash subscribe, there's also a link to it there for my LinkedIn page. You can subscribe to my newsletter. I don't email too often, just once a month, and then the occasional when I have a new workshop or something special to share. So yeah, follow me wherever you feel comfortable. And you can always reach out to me directly right from my website as well. My email's there. Here's my truth you can act on from my conversation with Michael Paperno. Number one, remember, listening makes people feel they matter. Oh, it's such a good one for me to remember. Gosh, I just uh, need to be locked in and grounded in uh, my listening presence and so many of these tips. Number two, listening is highly impacted by our body language and facial expression. Number three, prepare yourself to be conscious and present in a conversation. Number four, remember the power of pause in communication. Five, summarize what you heard to help people feel you listened and to make sure that you are heard accurately. 
And six, the strength deployment inventory, uh, referred to as the SDI, is a great assessment tool to help with communication. I just took it myself and we had one little debrief and I'm ready to do more. And our team's going to be doing some stuff with that this year. So with that, Michael, thank you so much. Such a treat to be with you. So many great nuggets and takeaways. We'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now, go do something with it.